In the spring, Tim Cook from Apple wrote a letter to employees letting them know that they would be coming back to the office for three days and be able to work remotely for two days a week. Employees responded with a letter back saying, We would like to take the opportunity to communicate a growing concern among our colleagues that Apple's remote location flexible work policy and the communication around it have already forced some of our colleagues to quit. Without the inclusivity that flexibility brings, many of us feel we have to choose between either a combination of our families, our well-being, and being empowered to do our best work, or being part of Apple. Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Kedron Crosby. Our intention for The Behaviorist podcast is to share accessible, concrete practices that you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift towards joy and meaningful achievement. Today, we're turning our focus to going back to the office. We're grateful to have Sarah Cole Antonio and Christy Slothauer from our team joining us. So, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I feel like this is something that we've been talking about for months, and uh, it seemed like we needed to record a behaviorist about this topic. We have such a different perspective um, than many of the pundits that have been writing, and, and really the perspective that we tend to have when our clients ask us, how do we go back, do we go back, is... It's complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so mostly what we're really good at doing is asking questions back and saying, this is not a cookie cutter approach. This is an opportunity for you to learn more about what is meaningful to your employees, um, to the DNA of your organization. So I thought I'd just throw out some questions. Let's spend a few minutes thinking about what are the questions that we would want our, our clients and our listeners to be asking so that they can land at their own tailored approach. Um, one of the first questions I think that they should be asking is, what is it that we love about being in person? When do we love being in person with each other. Adam Grant had such a great article in the New York Times last week on collective effervescence and that idea of the magic that happens when our emotional contagion comes together. Um, So that would be one question I'd throw into this stone soup in the middle of our table here. Does anybody else have another question that they feel like our clients should be asking themselves so that they could get closer to their own customized approach? I I think we should, yeah, ask what people want. You know, what's important to you? What's flexible? Uh, What does flexibility mean for you? Because what it seems like is everybody's different. Everybody seems to have a different preference, um, maybe even depending on the week. So, you know, um, her name's Erica Dwan. She's she's an expert in collaboration. She's been talking about remote work for a long time. And that's what she said. You have to dig in. You have to find out what people really want and what's going to work so that you're not 
uh, losing out and what you need to do, whatever your company's doing or whatever your uh, organization's doing. But it's going to take it's going to take a lot of conversation and figuring out what works for people. You know, if I'm single and I just have a dog, uh, it's probably easier for me to go into the office. If I have little kids and I'm a single parent, maybe that's really tough to go to the office and that's going to make me pull my hair out. But, um, you know, finding those things out is a way to be equitable and, and make people happy. That's what yeah. I think. And, and there is a, there is a fair amount of aggregated data about what um, empty nesters seem to want, which is they seem to want to be back in person five days a week. Um, that's where they have their sense of community and socialization. They, they seem to be saying that parents of young children mostly want to be at home. Um, they need the flexibility. And so, um, th- so yes, there's this big aggregated data that we can all read in Forbes, but then I think it's more important to go to our individual employees and say, but seriously, what do you want? <laughs> we know you have a little kid, but maybe you really want to be back at the office. <laughs> Christy, what are you thinking about? Yeah, I'm also thinking about the importance of norming and putting the culture behind whatever policy is put in place. So if you say you can work from home, but then the culture is like, oh, well, Sally didn't come to the office all week, just really being conscious of what are the under the water expectations around coming and going and hybrid and remote. Yeah, such a good point. One of the things that concerns me the most about what's happening now is that it tends to be mothers with young children who are opting to stay at home um, and and people who are without children and, and men who are coming to the office. And this data that we're seeing about promotions so that you're more likely to be promoted if you aren't remote working. And so I'm wondering, what does this portend for gender inequity around, you know, five years from now? So... I'm already worried. Yeah, yeah. you should be. <laughs> <laughs> um, what other questions do you feel like our clients should be asking themselves or paying attention to so that they're creating a custom approach that's really meaningful? I think communication. We were forced into a lot of new communication habits than while everyone was remote, people were excelling in. And I think some of them might start to drop off if they're not kept up with thinking about, you know, if we're having a conversation with three people in person and we have two remote employees, how are we communicating a recap of what we just talked about around the water cooler to those that weren't there and just continuing to sharpen those communication skills? I think it's a great opportunity for people to bolster the communication. Um, So asking like, how are we communicating with now potentially a very diverse um, work styles oh my gosh. because everyone's not remote anymore. So how do we continue those communication norms? Yeah, and, and build new ones that create um, shorter affinity distance with our remote workers. So one I happen to love is Christy and Randy, Randy who lives in Florida and Christy's here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You to have this habit of asking questions that have nothing to do with work about favorite movies and I don't know what all you do, but every meeting you start with some sort of um, 
fairly, you know, personal question that builds the relationship, builds that affinity distance, which we know helps with creativity and collaboration. So that's a norm that we can adopt. Uh, Other things that we should be thinking about or having our clients think about as they're creating the optimal um, policy around work from home, work from anywhere, remote work. I, I think that it would be interesting to, and maybe this is part of the norms, but what does flexibility mean to you and to you and to me? And because, you know, for example, we are recording this podcast on a, on a weekend and, and maybe that's breaking some rule that would be breaking a rule, maybe in some other organization. And, but to us, it's part of our flexibility. And so I would be curious to know, you know, what that means to people. <laughs> what does it mean to have flexibility? And, you know, are you getting up like Randy at 6 a.m. and starting your emails or what does what does that look like? Yeah, I think there needs to be a lot of um, non-judgment in all of this and recognizing that where we're putting our attention is on the results rather than the process. And so I, I keep thinking about if leaders can underscore, um, I'm not particularly worried if you're running in the afternoon or getting a manicure at 2 p.m. What I'm concerned about is, are you being uh, optimally effective when you're working? So do you have all of the synapses firing and are you in the best zone? And so thinking rather about um, how do we get our people there rather than are they working 40 hours a week? I I think that's almost antiquated thinking. Um, And so whatever uh, policy they adopt around working, I think it's really more putting the attention on are you achieving the results? rather than are you sitting in a chair for 40 hours or standing at a desk for 40 hours a week? Any other thoughts that we have, guidance that we might want to give to our clients as they're thinking about how to craft their own remote work policy? I keep thinking about resources and looking at the resources that individuals need. And I think that the definition of resources expanded this past year. Like you're talking about Mm. going for a run, you know, before it was, do they have their laptop and Wi-Fi connection and, you know, all of that. But now maybe a resource is going for a run on your lunch break and having that new level of capacity. And so that might be a helpful lens to look at this through and ask your employees, like, what resources do you need to be optimal in the workplace beyond just what we buy for you and supply for you, (laughs) but um, how you structure your time as also a resource? Yeah, it's it's been jet fuel for whole person Mm -hmm. achievement which we've been talking about forever, but it's been jet fuel because we can't only bring our work selves. We have to bring our whole selves to work. So yes, I love this idea of what are the resources that companies need to be thinking about. Is it monthly therapy? (laughs) Is it the gym membership? Um, Is it daycare on site? 
You know, that I think is really an interesting idea and one that was popular in the 70s and then went away and maybe we maybe we bring it back. So I think there's a lot to think about. I don't know that we gave any concrete answers uh, to our listeners regarding how they craft their optimal uh, remote work policy, but we definitely gave you some questions to think about and maybe some new frameworks to adopt. The reality is the toothpaste is out of the tube. (laughs) People have worked remotely. They have been independent. They have been adults for the last year. And to go back to any kind of situation where they're going to feel micromanaged is not going to go well. (laughs) So we're really interested in this whole idea of um, how do we respect people's autonomy as much as possible, giving them the resources that they need to be the best version of themselves to to, uh, accomplish optimal achievement. So as is our custom, we're going to end with um, a quote from Anthony DeMello from One Minute Wisdom. A gambler once said to the master, I was caught cheating at cards yesterday, so my partners beat me up and threw me out of the window. What would you advise me to do? The master looked straight through the man and said, if I were you, from now on, I would play on the ground floor. This startled the disciples. Why didn't you tell him to stop gambling? They demanded. Because I knew he wouldn't, said the master's simple and sagacious explanation. ¶¶